We need a Point Way Tabernacle Choir here. I'll tell you what, you guys did really well. Let me see if I can prop this back up. There we go. I just praise the Lord for the opportunity to be able to come and to share with you this morning. And thanks for singing. I just appreciate being able to worship together. And since there's no children's church, I don't think the hook is going to come and pull me off stage at any certain time. So I hopefully, you know what it means when a pastor takes his watch off and puts it on the pulpit? It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> but I'm not taking my watch off. But hopefully we can get through this in a timely fashion. Um, Again, some of you may not know me. I'm Chaplain Dave Graver from Todd County Sheriff's Office in Todd County, which is the Long Prairie, as Whitley is the county seat there, and been there since 2006. Um, I used to pastor here. I came in 1995 to about 1998. I was here, and God worked in miraculous ways and opened the door for me to start the chaplaincy here in Brainerd in 97. And then 2003, we started one in Morrison. And then in 2006, we started the one in Todd County, where I'm at now. And then we started one also in 2011 over in Douglas County, which is Alexandria area. And we do still have emergency response team there. So I just want to thank you so much for your prayers and your support. Without that, this ministry could never exist. When you stand next to us as we go to these emergency response um, uh, issues and incidents and crisis that we deal with, with officers and survivors and victims and death notifications and drownings and fires and, and uh, suicides, we need to bring the, uh, basically we're trying to bring light and hope in those dark and difficult situations. And we know that our first and utmost priority, Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. And we need that prayer. And that support standing with us in each one of those incidents. Matthew 25, the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord... When did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and gave you drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and took you in or naked and we clothed you? Or when did we see you sick and in prison and came to visit you? And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, inasmuch as you've done it unto the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. And as we go into the highways and the byways, and those places of critical incident, pray that God will allow us to go to these people who are in need and really, as the scripture says, doing it to the least of those, my brother, you've done it unto me, Jesus said. 
And how shall they call upon him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without preaching? And how shall they preach unless who preach the gospel? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But we've not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? And then we understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The scripture says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness, not just give a witness with your mouth, but you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. And that's what you're doing when you're praying and interceding for your missionaries. And when you are a missionary or you're a mission field, either one, if you are a God-fearing, uh, born-again believer and are following Christ, then you're a missionary. But if we're not walking with the Lord, then you're a mission field. And we want to be that missionary. And I just want to kind of share real quickly before I get into our message this morning a few prayer requests for the chaplaincy. We have a female that's been in crisis. Uh, she um, took meth while being pregnant and they took her baby away and she was in jail. And I'd been ministering to her mother and was able to minister to her and she made a commitment to Christ and is still struggling. So pray for this young lady. They started a Bible study in the jail there, and uh, we got them some new Bibles, study Bibles, to do their Bible study, and we saw God working in mighty ways. So keep praying that God will work in these inmates as, as they have made these new commitments. We've had at least three fires um, that we've dealt with with Red Cross and Salvation Army. So pray for those that have lost everything in the fire. And then we had our ER doctor of over 25 years um, retired, and a year, uh, two years after his retirement, he committed suicide. And so it's rocked our whole county because everybody knew who he was because if you went to the hospital, he was pretty much the first person you would see in the ER department. And then we had a young child that was hit by a car up in Browerville area that is several fractures, is doing a lot better. And then we had a tornado in Eagle Bend. And then we had a drowning uh, two summers ago, or two falls ago, actually, in Lake Charlotte. Um, we've had a man found dead in his home with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And then we had a man that burned up in a car in Browerville about uh, eight months ago. And then a man killed in a T-bone crash right at 14 and 12, and he had his little girl in the back seat of the car. And then some personal prayer requests. We're having a fundraiser next Saturday uh, for the chaplaincy, so pray that God will uh, use that to supply what we need to, to operate as a chaplaincy. My son Nathan got laid off from Man Lake, the Beehive Company. They've closed their doors right now because of the pandemic and because of the cost of lumber and because Russia and Ukraine were some of their main 
um, of people that they sold beehives to. And of course, with everything going on there and China, um, their uh, orders have stopped. And so they've uh, actually closed down. So he needs a job and he needs a new place to stay. And then my daughter, her husband left her uh, for another woman. So she's struggling uh, with her family. Her daughter um, actually attempted suicide, our youngest granddaughter there that's 17. So again, um, those things don't, we're not immune from those just because we're serving the Lord in the full-time capacity. And then my daughter-in-law on Thursday, um, her mom died of cancer, her aunt died of cancer, her grandmother died of cancer, all breast cancer. And so she had a double mastectomy. She had cancer um, on Thursday. Uh, so pray for her as she's still healing up from that. We have our grandkids over next door while she's recovering. And, and, and so pray that God will um, work through all of that to bring us all closer together as a family. And then uh, my wife lost her mom this year. And then we lost our associate chaplain, Brian Alness, who is the uh, director of Lake Beauty Bible Camp in Todd County. Uh, he died of COVID. Uh, he got COVID and actually attacked his lungs. And so we um, actually have a prospective associate chaplain trainee to take his place. So be praying for that, that God would work there. And then we have our sheriff's election. We've got tension in the office right now with these two people candidating, and, and so tension's high. Just pray for the sheriff's office that I can uh, bring the presence of Christ in those situations. And then pray for a man whose leg was amputated, uh, amputated um, because of diabetes. He's a Vietnam vet has no way to go get the staples out of his stump, so I'm going to be taking him uh, to the hospital in St. Cloud on Tuesday and pray that I can share Christ with him and that he could come to know Christ. And then uh, um, also I'm doing a funeral at the Veterans Cemetery uh, for Brian Kane and the family. Um, and this is a... a, a um, military uh, burial. And then I have one praise. Um, my wife and I, on June 17th, were married 50 years. And so we thought that was a real celebration. And the only thing I regret about marrying my wife is that I couldn't have done it sooner. And we got married when I turned 19. <laughs> and so it's been a wonderful, wonderful blessing and she's had to put up with quite a bit uh, in 50 years with me. So be praying that God will continue to bless us. And we have 14 grandkids that we're able to minister to as well. So with that, let's just open in a little word of prayer before we get into the message. Father, thank you for this time together and just pray that you'll bless these remaining moments and that you would just open your word to our hearts and God, that we would be able to be challenged and that we exhort one another daily, especially as we see the evil days approaching. Just bless your word to our hearts, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Every year, either at Veterans Day or at 
at the 4th of July or during this time, I like to look at this passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy 8, uh, verses 10 through 20, um, and examine where our nation is in regard to these Scriptures and where our, the church is in regard to these Scriptures and where I am personally, take personal inventory, where do I stand in regard to these Scriptures? The scripture says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land that he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you today. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and your gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And he led you through the vast dreadful desert, that thirsty waterless land with venomous snakes and scorpions, he brought water out of the rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers never had known, to humble you, to test you, so that in the end you might, it might go well with you. You may then say to yourself, my power and my strength of my hands has produced all this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who has given you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. If you ever, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. What a heavy portion of scripture to be looking at in our present day with our society. I have just a couple of thoughts about our nation as I think about it and as I've meditated on it, the downward spiral that we're seeing in our nation today. Proverbs 29.2 says this, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bears rule, the people mourn. When the wicked rule, people are in mourning. Proverbs 28.15 says, Like a roaring lion or a charging bear is a wicked ruler over the poor people. A ruler who lacks understanding is a cruel oppressor. If a ruler listens to falsehood, all his officials will be wicked. Does that sound like any country you're familiar with at all? 
What, what wise words that we have from the book of wisdom and how we see that being prevalent in our society today. 39%, this was a, a news uh, this week, 39% of the people, only 39% are proud to be Americans today. And they said it was like about 85% in 2017 believed that they were proud to be Americans. Our history is being rewritten. Statues are being torn down. Heroes are being discredited. Schools only indoctrinate instead of educate. Leaders are saying evil is good and good is evil. Fathers are against sons and sons against fathers, mothers against daughters, daughters against mothers. Houses are being divided. We're seeing the separation of families, dysfunction of families, lawlessness with little or no adequate police protection for victims. Our money system is being destroyed by giveaway programs and the Green New Deal. No protective borders of every kind. There's been an invasion of evil in, of every kind that you can imagine. People are petitioning to quit celebrating the 4th of July because we stole it from someone else. We stole the country from someone else. So we shouldn't be proud of our heritage. That our heritage is evil, not good. That we have no heroes. And now critical race theory is being mandated in a lot of our schools and also the LGBTQRSTYZ are now wanting to teach um, the sex education to 10-year-olds through the 12th grade. And there's a book, um, Pastor Greg uh, Valentine our chaplain in Morrison County brought the book because he had to take it with him to the school board. And it's, it's a book called It's Perfectly Normal. And it starts with 10 years old. And they're saying it's not pornographic because it's cartoons and not real people, but animated. And it, if I brought it here, you would all be ashamed and embarrassed. And some of the readings in it, I will not read from this pulpit. And it has same gender people in bed. It has people bent over naked with mirrors. And it's, it's horrible. And this is being mandated, going to be taught in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area. And they want it all in Minnesota to our 10-year-olds. This is the downward spiral. The scripture says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beg you, because of all of this, I believe if Paul was here today, he'd be saying this, because of all this, therefore, brethren, I beg you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be pressed in and conformed to the world's mold any longer, but be renewing your mind daily that you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. Oh, brothers and sisters, more than ever, 
do we need to realize the urgency of the hour we live in? Then Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 16, he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Luke 14, he said it this way. If any man will come to me and not hate his father and mother and wife and even his children and brothers and sisters, yea, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. For whoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. That's a 24-7 responsibility, but it's also a privilege to realize he died for me. I must live for him. Again, looking back at history, the French political philosopher Alex de Torqueville studying America's greatness and how, uh, how could a handful of people defeat the British Empire and become a superpower? This ragtag army. It wasn't in the schools and it wasn't in Congress. It wasn't in the Constitution even. And he found the greatness of America. It was when he entered the churches and when he entered the pulpits and he saw them aflame on fire with the gospel of Jesus Christ and righteousness that he understood the secret of her genius and her strength. He wrote, America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Amen? Ronald Reagan said it this way, if we ever forget we are one nation under God, we are a nation gone under. The lives of literally millions of what and have been given to protect and preserve the freedoms you and I enjoy today. What are some of those freedoms that we enjoy? The freedom of religion, that, that we can go and come here and worship and not be afraid that the police are going to come and round us up and arrest us all and, and that we might even go before a firing squad because of our claiming the name of Jesus. We can assemble and worship. We have the freedom to bear arms. We have the freedom of speech, which is being taken away from us bit by bit. And the freedom of the press and the freedom of voting, the freedom of to own land. And these are all systematically being taken from us, bit by bit, piece by piece. And you know, as we think about that, what is wrong with America today? How can we get, how did we get where we are? What's going to happen to the United States of America? Have all these servicemen and women given their lives in vain? Are we throwing away, away the very freedoms that we paid so dearly? These people, their lives paid so dearly to protect. Godlessness, the Bible says, is going to be prevalent in the last... My brother, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7 says, But understand this, my brothers... 
that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Are we there? For people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying the power thereof. Avoid such people, for among them are those that creep into houses and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. The psalmist put it very well in Psalm 9, 15 through 20. The nations have fallen into a pit they themselves have dug. Their feet are caught in a net they have hidden. The Lord is known by his justice. The wicked are ensnared by the work of their own hands. Hagion, Selah, the scripture says here. The wicked return to the grave, and so do all the nations that forget God. But the needy will not always be forgotten, nor the hope of the afflicted ever, always ever perish. Arise, O Lord, and let not man triumph. Let not the nations be judged. Let the nations be judged in, the present, in your presence. Strike them with terror, O Lord. Let them know that they are just men. Two weeks after President Kennedy was shot, J. Edgar Hoover warned America with these words. He said this, We are at war with communism, and the sooner every red-blooded American realizes it, the safer we will be. And General MacArthur said this, the first, um, he said the communist plan in 1945 was to take over the United States of America without firing a shot. He said, first we will take Eastern Europe, then Asia, then we will encircle the U.S. and the last bastion of capitalism. We won't even have to fire a shot. It will fall right into our hands, fire the ripened fruit first. We will get them into stalemate brush fires of wars in Korea and Vietnam where a high cost of lives and money and a no-win situation will eventually destroy Americans' will to resist. Then we will cause racism. And then, not only racism, we will flood the country with drugs and immorality and pornography. And we'll allow that to soar. And then we'll break up the traditional family. Then we'll destroy their money system and their credit systems. And then we will destroy their faith in God. And without money and without God, they will be powerless to resist. Just a side note, Reverend Robert Lester Mondale, born in 1904, and died in August of 2003. He was an American Unitarian minister, a humanist, 
And he was the only person to sign the revised version of each one of the humanist manifestos that declared that they were going to take over America. In 1933, 1973, and 2003, he signed each one of them. Just a, a little uh, side note, his younger half-brother was Walter Mondale. Do you remember Walter Mondale? He was the vice president with Jimmy Carter. And so it's not too distant that we see this infiltrating America, um, this humanist manifesto. And just to kind of go along with what MacArthur said here in that it says, since the warning in 1963, three times the Americans were killed in Vietnam. Then were killed in the Revolutionary War, the War of 1812, the Mexican War, and the Spanish-American War, all combined together, there were more killed in Vietnam. James Dobson in 2001 said this, The battle in America today is a war on godly morals values, ideas, beliefs, and goals. And the goal is to destroy the history and control the minds of the American, each American in the U.S. Moral relativism doctrine permeates our universities, our public schools, the Congress, the entertainment industry, the news media, most of our professions today, look at Walt Disney and some of these others, now they're pledging to pay uh, for expenses, full expenses paid to, uh, to transport people who need abortions that can't get it in their own states. These companies are now going to pay for it themselves to, for these people. And now we see not only is it permeating professions, but it permeates our courts and our legal systems now where there's uh, no payment for bail to hardened criminals. It's really evident in the campuses of both of our, uh, and we see that not only that, but in our campaigns in 2001, he said, uh, the political leaders, they told us to stay away from issues related to abortion, homosexuality, activism, safe sex, ide ideology, infanticide, um, euthanasia, and family taxation. All of these are divisive and can only bring damage to your credibility. So back off before you get hit, hurt if you're going to try and lobby for these things. You should talk exclusively only on safer subjects so that you can have credibility. Stay away from topics that could bring criticism. And then James Dobson said, what would it profit us to preserve our popularity while essential truths of our faith are systematically being rejected? And a generation of children grows up thinking immorality and normal is normal and healthy and good. I mean, that basically they're teaching wrong is right and right is wrong. We as Christians, the scripture points out, are instructed to storm the fortresses of Satan's kingdom. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If Abraham Lincoln would have had the same attitude against um, that we have today, we'd probably still be in slavery. They were about to kill each other. 
on the issue of that day. And yet he stood firm on the issue uh, during his campaign and all through his presidency. And he is remembered as one of the greatest presidents who ever lived. There's a price to pay to be on the offensive. It costs Jesus and his followers their very lives. But what a glorious investment. We too must take up our cross daily and follow the Lord Jesus. Deuteronomy 8 again reminds us, in your abundance be careful that you do not forget God and failing to observe his commands and his laws and decrees. Then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land. brought you out of the land of slavery and then you'll follow other gods and worship and bow down to them like that one-eyed monster that all of us have in our living room, you know. We start following everything that it gives us and we bow down to them and testify against you this day you will surely be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Can America be saved? The Bible and the testimony of history and the sober words of James Dobson MacArthur all warn us unless America turns back to God, we are doomed. And yet nations don't turn back to God. Individuals do. They turn either to God or away from God. That's where Jesus said, in, or God said in 2 Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name. Those are the ones God's holding responsible. The reason our state and United States is in the condition it is today, I hate to say this, it's because the church is in the condition it's in today. The majority of our churches are not standing fast, are not steadfast. We must change our nation one person at a time, starting with ourselves. Second Timothy, or 1 Timothy 6, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called when you made that good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses to keep that command without spot or blame until the appearing of the Lord Jesus. 6.20 he says, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Guard it with your life. Turn away from godless chatter and opposing ideas of what falsely is called knowledge, which would be our colleges and the intellectualism. A lot of our kids that leave church and go to college and then they leave God and don't come back to church. Do not Turn away from that godless chatter opposing ideas what's falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in so doing have wandered away from the faith. Grace be with you. Peace with error brings war to man. War with error brings peace to man. It requires us to make that commitment 
with all of our strength and force if we hope to win. It's a fight that times is fierce and terrible. It's a constant warfare from beginning to end. 2 Timothy 2 says, Flee useful lust, but follow after righteousness, faith, love, peace with them that call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. We must flee, we must follow, we must fight. Flee those youthful lusts, follow after godliness, and fight the good fight of faith with God's people, the church. As a good soldier must first give up his independence and surrender to the commanding officer. Jesus is our commander. And he said, he that is not with me is against me. The Lord's first command is to strip off those old garments of sin and put on that uniform, the full armor of God's righteousness. Jesus is training us for spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6, 12 through 18 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. And against... Wherefore, take unto yourself the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against that evil day. Having all done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins geared, girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking and take the faith wherein it is able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take that helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, praying always with all perseverance and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance, and supplication for all saints, praying for one another. A soldier's attitude is perfect confidence, being competent of your commander. Conviction, give me liberty or give me death. I regret that I have but one life give my country. Do we have that kind of conviction in our service to the Lord? Single-mindedness, we are out to win that battle, the battle belongs to the Lord. Cautious, we don't tempt the Lord, but we speak the truth in love. Realize that there must be conflict to have victory. We must preserve and persevere, endure hardness like a good soldier. Do you see your church as a cruise ship or a battleship? You know, the cruise ship, happy, everything's happy, carefree, relaxing. All of my wants and needs are met, so there's no demands on me. The captain and his crew are here to take care of me and all my responsibilities and everything is to indulge my appetites and fancies until the next party port, and then he finally takes me safely home. But the battleship attitude, however, has the place and purpose under the command of the captain, admiral. We must be constant, vigilant, ready for battle at any moment. We must train and equip yourselves because your life and everybody else's depends on it. 
and you must at times be sacrificed, suffering weariness, hunger, loss, painful, crushing circumstances. We must depend on the training and the gifts of the rest of the crew to get the job done. The greater the cost, the sweeter the victory. The more satisfying the peace and the safety of everyone. The scripture says our weapons of warfare are not carnal of this world, but they're mighty through God, pulling down those strongholds, casting down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity and the obedience of Jesus Christ. Watch our... We must be constantly on watch. We must watch our thoughts. They become words. Our habits, we watch they become actions. We watch our actions because they become our habits. We watch our habits because they become our character. And we watch our character because it becomes our destiny. And that's where in Galatians 5, Paul says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made you free, and don't be entangled in the yoke of bondage any longer. Do not yield to the world, the flesh, and the devil. Do not yield to legalism. There's only one life it soon will be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Can we say with Paul in Philippians 1.21, he says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is only gain. And 1 John 3 says, And every man that has this hope in himself purifies himself even as he is pure. Do you and I realize that you're in a battle every day? You're in a fight. Or are we like the army reinforcements that were dropped behind enemy lines and they didn't even know that they were dropped behind enemy lines and they're all walking carefree and they're lighting cigarettes and they're telling jokes and singing songs and, and just making all kinds of noise and then all of a sudden their, their fellow soldiers are in foxholes saying, get down, get down! There's a lull in the battle but you're in enemy territory! Is that how we live our lives daily? It's like we're dropped behind enemy lines, but we're living as though everything is fine and that there's no threat. How is our spiritual fighting this week? How is your time and your thoughts and your energy spent? The Bible says that we need to keep our mind it says, Thou wilt keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Are you exerting energy on sacrificial prayer and time alone with God in his word? Do you seek opportunities to serve and minister to people for his kingdom? Are we exerting energy on selfishness and sinful habits? Or are we seeking God's direction and his word? Do we live anxiously in stress and fear and worry and unbelief instead of faith, trust, and confidence in God? Have we neglected our civil duties in exercising the freedoms others gave their lives to protect for you to enjoy? In 2000, 
the voting was the lowest it had ever been since 1829. And then I'll close with this. Are you an official member? The Fellowship of the Unashamed. Are you official member of the Fellowship of the Unashamed? The decision has been made. The die has been cast. And I have stepped over the line. I am a disciple of Christ, equipped with the Holy Spirit's power, with the Lord as my strength. I won't back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. And I am my future is secure. I'm finished with low living, sight walking, worldly talking, cheap giving, and tamed visions. I no longer need preeminence or prosperity or position or promotions or power or popularity. I don't have to be right, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith on my victory. I labor in love. The road before me is narrow, rough, and my companions are few, but his commission is undeniable. The mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I don't give up, shut up, let up, until I've prayed up, praised up, paid up, and have spoken up for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am a Christian. I am unashamed believer in Jesus Christ. Romans 1.16 For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Do you suit up in his full armor every day? Are you in the fight? It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Without me you can do nothing, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For your labor is never in vain in the Lord. To the tune of the proud to be an American, I am proud to be a Christian because in Christ I am free. And I won't forget the one who died on the cross of Calvary. So gladly I'll stand up next to you and praise his name today because there ain't no doubt I love my Lord who took my sins away. Because there ain't no doubt I love my Lord who took my sins away. Is that the cry of your heart this morning? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time together. And Lord, I just pray that each one of us would be challenged anew and afresh in our hearts that we can take inventory. Lord, I just feel like you're taking me to the woodshed and and having to review some of how my life is not measuring where it should be and is not um, as steadfast as it has been in the past. And God, how that each one of us need 
a fresh touch from you, Father. Lord, forgive us where we've sinned, and Lord, work in our hearts and challenge us this 4th of July that we truly would uh, be your hands and your feet, that Lord, that if we are your people, why aren't our hands showing it, and why aren't our feet going, and Lord, we just pray that you would just um, be with us um, and help us to truly uh, share your love with others around us. And Lord, be with us as we um, pray the prayer from our hearts that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for allowing me to be a part of this today. Thank you.